Welcome back to Songwriting Saves the World. This is season four, the business season. This season, you're going to get an insight on all things behind the scenes in music. We are talking to songwriters, A&Rs, publishers, and producers. We're so excited to be back and to be giving you guys all the real piping hot tea about the music industry. Woo! Let's get into it. Okay, we'll start with just like a little introduction. Welcome back to Songwriting Saves the World, everyone. Today we're talking to Sammy Ruth Scott. Um, Sammy Ruth Scott is the director of A&R at Atlantic Records. She is an incredible business person, and we're super excited to have her on the show. So thank you for being here to talk with us. Thank you for having me. This is great. I love what you all are doing. Thank you. Before we dive into the interview, we do have a little icebreaker question for you. Okay. And that is, if money was no object... Who would you pay to write the soundtrack of your life? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's a very good question. <laughs> wow. I would say my mom, honestly. <laughs> she can tell it best more than anyone. So, and I would pay her Does regardless. she write music? She doesn't, mm-hmm. but she's just very, very smart. Her and my grandmother are very, very smart, um, intellectual. And every time I need help with something, I call them. Like, just, it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. All the women in my family are, are extremely smart. Um, literally, my yeah. grandmother speaks fluent okay. French. Like, if I need oh, anything, cool. like, I can call French. any of the women in my family and be like, hey, need help with this? Hey, what's you all's insight on this? So, I call them for everything, mm-hmm. literally. Aww. That's incredible. I love that. Anique speaks French, too. I do. I didn't know if she was going to say it, so I said it. <laughs> oh, you do? I do. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, I'm the idiot that took a dead language. I took Latin, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was interesting. It was interesting, which is why I took it. But my grandmother, my grandfather, everyone was like, why are you taking Latin? Like, what, where are you mm. using that? I'm like, it was interesting. It was different other than yeah, Spanish yeah. and French. But obviously, Spanish and French would take me a lot further so kudos to you for knowing well, French. I mean, I, f- I feel like you made it pretty far without it. So it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's Didn't okay. Stand in your way. Yeah. No. So can you start with giving us kind of a background of your journey in music? So where did you start and how did you get to where you're at now? Yeah. And my starting like, hey, I'm from X, Y, and Z and I moved. Yeah. yeah. Start wherever you feel like is the best place to start, which best yes. tells your story. Okay, for sure. So I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, I graduated high school at 17 and then I moved down to Atlanta to attend Spelman College. Um, my whole family went there, majority except for like my mom. Um, but Everyone else went to Spelman and Morehouse. And so it's really like I had no choice. Um, but, <laughs> you know, due to me adoring my grandmother, I was going to go. So I went there. I was a history major. Um, initially, I wanted to cool. do, I wanted to go to law school, but I also wanted to do something in music. So it was like, however those two could coincide, whatever that looked like, that's essentially what I wanted to do. Um, the objective of, you know, being a history major was to stand out to do something different. Like, you know, it's mm. thousands of people that apply to law school. So it's like, what's going to make me stand out on that piece of paper? Everyone's a poli-sci major. Mm. Everyone's an English major. Let me try something different. Plus, my grandfather mm. was like, you should do history. <laughs> Yet, 
for me to know, like, or I don't know what I was thinking, but you have to do so much memorizing, like, dates and stuff. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, hell no. This is not for me. I'm failing. Like, got to try something different. (laughs) So um, I was trying to think, like, what else would be interesting that is not the norm for when applying to law school? And Mm -hmm. um, that would, I felt like, suit me because I didn't like English. I hated writing, um, at least for myself. (laughs) But... I didn't mind writing for other people. I used to write people's papers all the time. But when it came to myself sitting in class and having to write papers, I was like, no. Um, Yeah, it was just so... And it was like, to be a lawyer, you're going to have to do so much writing. So they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do psychology. So I did psychology with the track and pre-law, which was very interesting to me. Um, I felt like it was a challenge. It got me out of my comfort zone, Mm -hmm. um, the different type of uh, classes that we had to take. Um, So... And plus, psychology can apply to anything, like, no matter what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. it could apply to it. Because I never wanted, you know, to be an actual psychologist. I just wanted the degree. So, with that being said, while I was in school, I ended um, up—I love music. Like I said, I worked in the fashion shows. Anything entertainment, I loved. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my friends started dating this guy who worked in the music industry, and he (laughs) was trying to hire her to be his assistant. And she was like, oh, no, like, I would never, like, I don't do things like that. But my friend Sammy (laughs) loves things like that. And so I'm going to introduce you all. So she introduced us. um, He owned a management company called Morris Management that I ended up working for, um, which was great because that was my first entry into the music business. Um, Mm -hmm. I started going to studio sessions, being around him at the radio stations, Um, being around different artists, writers, and producers, understanding um, sessions and just how the whole process works because I was completely green to it. Um, Mm -hmm. So from there, which was, I I learned so much. I met a lot of different people, but I was like, hey, after like a year, I was like, let me take a step back. Let me focus on school. Um, And then I ended up getting a new internship or another internship at this booking agency called Music Group Booking Agency. Mind you, at this point, mm-hmm. like, this is just an entryway to, into music, and I'm still in school. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what I want to do in music. So I just want to learn everything. Mm-hmm. I want to learn all facets of the music industry to be able to touch base yeah. on any particular subject. So with that being said, um, I did that for about two years. I completely hated it. Because it was a very boutique <laughs> oh, no. booking agency, so it was really it was the two um, it was the two owners or yeah two owners of the booking agency, and then it was me and this one other girl um, named Kaya, and we became like best friends from that because it was such a struggle every single day. Like <laughs> I did not know what I was getting myself into. Like to be a booking agency, like you have to really love it because. You're sitting there, like, researching venues, promoters, mm-hmm. um, just people trying to get people to book your artists. So I'm, like, calling mm-hmm. people on the phone, like, hey, like, um, trembling in my voice and everything. Like, I'm Sammy. <laughs> uh, would you like to book this artist for $100,000? Not sounding confident at all. They don't know me. They're like, where's Amy? Where's Eric? Who are the owners? I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is never going to work. And it was commission-based. <laughs> So I was like, oh my, God. my life. But I say all that to say, 
it was a really great experience. And I think you have to understand and be able to gauge everything that you go through in life you should take as an mm-hmm. experience and make the most of it, regardless if it's a negative or not. Like I said, I literally mm-hmm. hated going there every single day. Plus, I had to work two other jobs to support myself because I wasn't making oh any money. God. So, right. yeah, I used to host on the weekends at restaurants or whatever, but I was sure to tell them, this is my real job. I work in the music industry, not even know what I was doing <laughs> in the music industry. But... From that position, um, I met a lot of fire people. I met a lot of dope instrumental people in the music business. Mm -hmm. Um, From Metro Boomin's manager to uh, Future's manager at the time to some of the biggest songwriters and their management at the time. And I still have those relationships to this day. Mm -hmm. So it played a major part, an instrumental part in my career. And after about two years, I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. I need to be more hands-on. I'm more of a creative. Mm-hmm. So it just so happened, um, my Spellman sister had put on Facebook, like, hey, I'm looking to replace myself um, at the front desk of a music studio. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is like my segue in. Like, this is yeah. what I really want to do. So I reached out to her. I applied. Um, my good friend, Amber, who... I mean, well, she's my good friend now, but she ended up interviewing me back then and hiring me um, basically to work at the front desk of the studio. And um, from there, I like started just like growing, going to the next level. Mm -hmm. So it happened to be um, Akon and Boo Studio. Well, Boo Studio. But But they're brothers. So when you work for one, you work for both. Um, so yeah, I started at the front desk and then I worked my way up within a couple months or several months to personal assistant, then executive assistant, then studio manager, then running all of Boo's entities. I ran the studio, I ran his label side, I ran the publishing side, I ran, um, his franchises outside of music. So I literally was just running his world, um, which was (laughs) amazing because, and I'm forever thankful for Boo. Um, Amber and everyone that played a part um, into where I am today because I was forced to become like a solution finder. Like yeah. I was also, I was always looked at like, what should I do or what's the answer? So like mm-hmm. I'm negotiating things with lawyers and I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Like literally, I'm just <laughs> figuring it out as I'm going, but I have no choice because who's going to look at me like, Sammy, what are, did you handle it? I can't yeah. be like, well, I didn't know how to do this. So no, I didn't handle mm-hmm. it. I got to figure it out. So um, I think that was a great experience. I worked there for about, uh, from like 2012, 13 to like 2018. Um, wow. Yeah. So it was, it was great. I made a lot of relationships. I was able to be a fly on the wall. I was able to build a lot of relationships, even just from starting at the front desk. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people would have taken that and looked, you know, looked at it as a negative. Like, who wants to sit at the front desk all day? But I was like, how mm-hmm. can I flip this to my benefit? Like, everyone who walks in this door has to see me before they even see who they're going to see. So I'm setting yeah. the president for when they come in. Um, so I'm just going to make sure I'm on top of things. I always make them feel comfortable, anything they need. And that's how I was able to still maintain those relationships from when I was working at the front desk to today. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are like, mm, like, who wants to do that? I'm like, no, nah, I'm about to make the best out of I this. Mean, I yeah. Like once you have your foot yeah. in it helps. Yeah. I feel like people are always kind of like, 
I just need to get an in. And then once mm-hmm. I have an in, I can just, so I feel like front desk, great in. No, it's, a, yeah, it's an amazing in. And, you know, a lot of people take for granted those small positions, but those small positions that you start off with, I think everyone should be an assistant. I think everyone mm-hmm. should work into customer service because it just embeds a certain mentality and perspective um, on your outlook when you're handling business, when you're matriculating as an executive mm-hmm. and growing and going through different experiences and contracts and things here, things there. Um you know, I think it was probably, I think it was probably like one of the best positions to start out, just to be honest. Um, but like I said, from there, I made so many relationships and I'm such a hands-on person. And I'm like, yo, I got to do more. I got to do more because uh-huh. at a certain point, I'm doing this with my eyes closed. <laughs> so um, I met a couple of other people there. There was this guy named Dre who had um, a touring company called Blue Alley Touring. And you know, he needed help. I needed the extra money. And so he would allow me to do bank runs for his artists. So they're mm-hmm. giving me $100,000 in cash to go deposit at the bank. And the only thing I'm thinking in my head is, oh my gosh, please don't let me get robbed. Please don't let me drop mm-hmm. the money. Please don't let... Like, everything's <laughs> running through my head. I'm like, I've get never robbed. had this much money in my life. So it's yeah. like, please let me just be able to execute this. So I started doing that. Obviously, I did a great job. I didn't, I didn't drop the ball. And um, from there, I was able to move up and I started doing project management for his company. Um, So basically, every time they would be on tour, I would like oversee the VIP list, um, make sure everything was good at the venue, just like little things like that. And then from there, um, I was able to work my way up and become K. Michelle's day-to-day manager, Mm -hmm. Um, which was a great experience as well into like hands-on management. Because mm-hmm. when you're a day-to-day, you're still everything. You're the assistant. You're the day-to-day. You're the manager. You're literally everything. Um, mm-hmm. So after that, oh, as I continued to do that, as I continued to work with Boo, I felt like, you know, hey, I'm at a point where I feel like I've hit a glass ceiling. And mm-hmm. I, what's next for me? Like, mm-hmm. I can't do this forever. So, um, which is why it's so important to maintain relationships one of my good friends who was working at the studio with me ended up going to a different studio where Atlantic Records was based. And okay. he hit me like, hey, like, they're looking to empower women. They're looking to bring women on as an A&R. He introduced mm-hmm. me to uh, my friend Chris, which I have already known Chris from when I used to work at the booking agency. But okay, we had yeah. never spoken, like, in on, like, business, like, actually doing business together. So I went over there and was like, oh, yeah, we already know each other. Um, I started putting together sessions. I was hired as a consultant, probably a consultant for about four months or so. Um, mm-hmm. While I was a consultant, um, a bookie just happened to be in Atlanta reporting. Um, he had an A&R, but his A&R was based in New York. So they would always be like, hey, I need creatives, whatever, like, producers, mm-hmm. So I was there day in and day out, literally like just feeding them producers and stuff like that, which is why I was able, how I was able to work on um, his biggest album today, which is Pretty mm. Season. Um, from there, I would think that's why Atlantic offered me a full-time position. I don't know <laughs> tell me, but I'm assuming that's why they offered me a full-time position. So that's how I became director of ANR, And um, in August, I'll be there four years. That's incredible. Wow. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. That's a great story. I love like your focus um, throughout kind of like your journey on like figuring things out and like 
just learning about as many things as possible and like having a like I can figure it out. I can do it like a mindset, even if you're like, I actually don't know like what the fuck is happening. Yeah. Cause like, that's just every day. I mean, that's every day in life in general, but especially in music. Yeah. You're right. Every day you're having to figure something out, whether it be small, whether it be Mm -hmm. mid-tier level, whether it be huge. Um, I think it's, you know, all in your perspective and your outlook on life on what you can do. Because a lot of times, like, we get in our head and we're our biggest hindrance Mm -hmm. on why we can't Mm -hmm. do something because it's a mental thing. Yeah. So we have both songwriters and artists who listen to this podcast. And so we are wondering the difference between an A&R looking for songwriters versus A&Rs who look for artists. And what are the best ways for songwriters to approach pitching themselves and getting in touch with A&Rs versus artists doing so? That's a really good question, actually, because um, there's different types of A&Rs. So there's, mm-hmm. there's research A&Rs. There's A&Rs um, that are on the, more, on the more music side who are hands-on in the studio, who know all the writers, who know all the producers. Mm-hmm. That's me. I'm like very hands-on on the creative side. Yeah. Um, so I'm working on, I'm putting records together for my roster and I'm putting records together for other artists at Atlantic and always just sending in demos. Um, and then there's, there's um, ARs who are like more hands-on, like place this bar here, place that bar here. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be like, you can change this, you can change that, add this. But when it comes to the bars and moving, like, I, I'm not that, I'm hands-on, but I'm not mm-hmm. that hands-on. So, um, you know, and it takes a real formula to understand putting together great sessions a lot of people Mm -hmm. think oh you can throw you're dope you're dope so I'm just gonna throw you in the room yeah you can do that and you might come out with something but uh, I think it's more of a formula it's just understanding who you're putting in the room so that's why I'm like really big on like building relationships with people understanding Mm -hmm. writers understanding producers understanding artists from how they are personally and how they work because you got to make yeah. sure, you know, they complement each other. Everything in a room is energy. Everything in the room is synergy. Um, mm-hmm. Everything is vibes. So if something gets thrown off because maybe this person's more aggressive and they don't suit with this other person's personality, then the whole session's, yeah. you know, fucked. So um, mm-hmm. I, I say all that to say, yeah, to bring it back to me being on the um, hands-on on the creative side. Mm-hmm. I, I love to sign artists. Um, love mm-hmm. to sign artists for sure, but I love creating music. I love being tapped in with the writers and producers. Yeah. So I'm kind of in the middle of both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, like I said, I would def- I have to sign artists. That's my job. Uh-huh. But also wherever you work, they also understand what role you play as an A&R. Because every A&R is yeah. not going to, you know, be in the studio 24 hours a day. Like that's me. Mm-hmm. So you said that you like to like be involved in the creative process, but like how far does that go? Like, are you just telling them to make changes or do you ever like actually get involved? Like, I think you should say this or whatever. So, yeah. So the creative process even starts with, like I said, who you're putting in the room. So understanding like this writer is great at melodies and cadences. Mm -hmm. This writer is great at delivery. This writer is great at hooks. This producer is fire at loops. This producer is great at drums. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, from the beginning, like 
understanding that and putting them in a room together. Mm -hmm. And then if they're just in with each other or whether they're in with the artist, making sure they can complement the artist because Mm -hmm. some creatives may may not know how to play the front end and the back end, meaning that knowing how to gauge how the artist works. Some artists Mm -hmm. never work with writers, so you can't be super like headstrong, you can't be super, like, uh, aggressive in a session with someone who's never worked with writers because they're going to feel like you're, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, imposing? Yeah, yeah, imposing, like, in their space because they're not acclimated to being in a creative setting with writers. Yeah. So that's why it's like, it's reading the room, it's understanding who you have in the room more than anything Um, because that's what you never want. You never want to hear, like, oh, the session was a shit show. Because then, like, probably it's going to be hard to get them back in the room. You're just wasting money on studio time. Whole Mm. thing. So, um, but for me, like, it's starting with that and then also... Like, hey, like, because I spend time with the artist so much, I'm able to, like, I know she probably wouldn't say that. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Or, like, yeah, you should change this. Or maybe we should, like, that doesn't really sound like the hook. The hook isn't strong Mm -hmm. enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or maybe this part does sound like the hook, so let's move this here. Yeah. So, it it just varies, like, to be honest. It just varies. Like, Mm -hmm. but I am, like I said, I am a creative myself. I'm not sitting there writing the record. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. But I am giving (laughs) input. Like if they're stuck on something like, like I was in a session the other day and they were writing some stuff and they were like, oh, what's something that goes with this? And we needed a high end um, brand name. And I came up with it. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, that's just part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to be like an editor and like a kind of filter for correct some people are like you're the yeah. nr why are you doing this like it just but it varies i'm gonna do it yeah <laughs> but a lot of people are like why are you? not to me but they will say that about nrs that they yeah. feel like are imposing too much because they're like at the end of the day we're the creatives but you know mm-hmm. we still have to make sure they're always focused staying focused on the direction at hand yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think sometimes you also need like an objective opinion of someone who's like coming from the outside who like maybe mm-hmm. you don't like start the session off and you come in and you're like I'm not blinded by being attached to this song in the way that you guys mm-hmm. are attached to this song so I can come in and objectively tell you move this here do this and it's going to make it better exactly exactly yeah. so the music business is very male dominated as we know so when you look for artists to sign or when you look for collaborators on something um do you put any like particular emphasis on seeking out women or like what are just ways in general that people in the music business can create equity and inclusion in the music industry? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Like, I'm honestly, I'm just like looking for dope artists. Yeah. Just to be honest. Um, But I have more women than anyone on my roster. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. have um, I have Rico Nasty. I have Callie. I have Juicy mm-hmm. Fruit. Um, I was working with these two R&B artists, uh, Raish and Ayanis, um, but they're still like my little sister, so it's like arms length away. But uh, mm-hmm. one of my friends actually NRs them now. But yeah, I've had, I've always had more women than anyone at Atlantic <laughs> on my mm-hmm. roster. Because, you know, wow. it's just, it, it's also a different thing when, um, it's women working together because mm-hmm. I feel like men don't understand certain things. So true. Yeah. So, you know, we have more of a nurturing, uh, 
instinct about us. Mm, And I just think that's one who makes us who we are as women every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just bring a different perspective to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, yes and no. It's not like I'm singling out guys, but, you know, I always (laughs) want my... I always want my women to win. Um, I always want to give back any way I can. I always want to have an extending hand to them, um, especially on the creative side with writers and producers. Because, mm-hmm. like, as far as artists, I'm not saying there's an, an influx amount of women artists, but there's a pretty good amount of women artists. When it comes to writers yeah. and producers, it's very few and far between, mm-hmm. especially producers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's so many like guys. 2%. Per- yeah, exactly. It's yeah. so many guys for producers. Like, oh my gosh! Like, so when you found a woman, a woman, I'm just like, oh, like, please, like, let's figure this yeah. out. Like, yeah. I have a session today with um two people, uh, Tasha Couture, who's done a lot of great things. She's a writer mm-hmm. and a producer, and another female writer named Sunny. They're in LA working today. So it's like, cool. I love, yeah, I love putting women in the studio. Like I said, especially creatives, just because. Like I said, it's very few and far between. And I feel like women overall, whether it be artists, writers, producers, executives, managers, we always have to work that much harder. Like mm-hmm. men are more so it's like, oh, he's a man coming. Women, they're going to be like, can she actually produce? Yeah. Can she yeah. actually write? You know, does she oh, actually know yeah. what she's doing as an executive? With the, Like, it's so many different like layers and elements that you go through um, and have to face as a woman and this entertainment industry overall. Yeah, I, I am going to make sure I can look out for the women as much as possible. But like I said, it's not like, oh, F the guys. It's not like that either. Right. But. <laughs> yeah, I love what you said about like having, like you put women in sessions together and like having them work together. Because even like, I think that that, like I'm a writer who I write for other people and I just love working with women. Like me too. I I mean I really prefer it a lot of the time because I've had so many experiences with men doing exactly what you're saying, like being like skeptical of like my ability and like talking over me and stuff like that and I just feel like when a bunch of like talented like creative women get together it's just like amazing. It's a party. Yeah. It's so much yeah. better. You know, even like in a room like when you're trying to get your point across, like mm-hmm. you face a lot of battles. Like it, it doesn't phase me because the only woman in the room or not, I'm still gonna stand mm-hmm. on what I believe. Yeah. But yeah. I know how it can be like feel like defeating or feel like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really have a voice in there because if a man says it, it's like, oh yeah, he knows exactly what he's talking about. And he could be completely wrong. But yep. a woman could say it and it's like you don't, why are you speaking on this? Like, have you ever even, yeah. like, it's so crazy, like, the the imbalance there is mm-hmm. in, like, when women speak and men speak. But I think it's just staying true to who you are and don't let that, you know, tear you down or make you fearful or anything like that. I think us as women, that's why we have to stick together. Mm-hmm. Like, us as women, that's why I feel like, you know, we can't let the catty bullshit get the best of us, which happens a lot. And sometimes I feel Mm -hmm. like it's men's fault. Like, I've seen men, like, try to stir things up just to have women, like, be against each other or make it feel like it's competition. Like, I'm in competition Mm. with no one. I want all my women to win. Yeah. Um, I I have plenty of friends that work at other labels, and it's never competition. Well, 
Let me not say this like on a <laughs> podcast because my job might be. I mean, it's competition, but it's like I, we're here to help each other out at right. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. This might be a stupid. It's not a stupid question, but I feel like I. What does a day in the life of an A&R look like? Because I feel like people know what A&Rs are and what they do, but no one really understands like the day-to-day of being an A&R. No question is stupid. And no, it's not a stupid question. I get it all the time. Um, <laughs> and I don't mind answering it. And a lot of people don't even know what A&Ring is. Like, and mm-hmm. A&Ring has transitioned a lot from what it was 10 or 15 years ago t- to today. So, um, you know, I feel like, and Ring now is a little bit different. It's, I don't want to say easier, but we have more access. Mm-hmm. So as I was saying earlier, how there's different types of ANRs, um, you know, everyone kind of like plays their role. Like before, like everyone was in the studio with the artists putting records together. Um, mm-hmm. Now it's like we have our research ANRs who basically mm-hmm. feed us the data and the information of what's currently going on in the world with yeah. any and every single artist. Then you have the ANRs that are like, oh, I know this person, I know that person, or I know Rihanna, I'm going to call Rihanna and put them in the studio with this person, or <laughs> get them in this party or something like that. Like, the more, what is it called? I forgot what they're called. And then, like I said, it's just different types of ANRs, but one, ANRing stands for Artist and Repertoire, mm-hmm. um, first and foremost. Two, you know, ANRing is understanding music, it's understanding talent. It's going to seek talent, finding, you know, writers, producers, artists, being able to, when you sign artists, gauge where they are as an artist, because some artists are, they know their sound, they know their direction. Mm -hmm. So you're just really there to, you know, enhance what they have going on. Some don't know anything. And now you're, you know, you're, you're doing trial and error, trying to figure out what who they work best with. Yeah. Who, who brings out their sound the most. Um, but sorry, to get into like what my everyday life is, I just <laughs> wanted to address that. Um, oh my gosh, it's literally fucking crazy. It's no, it's never like, I don't have like a set like routine day, like of what it looks mm-hmm. like. I have a routine mm-hmm. of what I do or what I like yeah. to do. I like to wake up. <laughs> I check my emails. Well, I like to, I'm supposed to be taking like a breather before I grab my phone. So meditating, uh-huh. um, all my friends <laughs> supposed tell to be? me. Yeah, I'm supposed to be as in I try it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work because I forget about it because I'm so used to just, wait, what did I miss while I was asleep? Let, hopefully yeah. there's no wires I have to put out. So I'm. it's something I'm working on. I'm working on mm-hmm. breathing and meditating and just, taking a second for myself before I dive into the whirlwind of the music yeah. business. Um, but yeah, I, I grab my phone. Um, I'm checking emails, checking text messages, see what I missed. I go grab coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. And yep. that's kind of how I start my routine. Like while I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts, I'm on the phone. Well, I've tried to stop drinking coffee this year. So whether I'm getting coffee <laughs> or a smoothie, either one, um, you know, I'm making my calls, going over different things, listening to music, um, going over what we need to do for the rest of the week, um, then going back to emails, then on conference calls, 
Um, then I'm probably arguing with a lawyer or two and the artists <laughs> and their team and writers and mm. producers. Um, yeah, it's really no set day. It's like all over the place. I go to the studio. I'm in the studio for a while. Yeah, so I'm going back and forth with artists, writers, producers, managers, going back and forth with the label, brainstorming, studio, meetings, meeting with different teams, meeting with artists I have signed, meeting with artists I don't have signed, um, meeting with new creatives. It's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of meetings. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of conference (laughs) calls. It's a lot of pulling your hair out. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I could imagine like if what you're doing essentially is like a bunch of different projects. So it's just kind of like different every day what you need to do for each thing. Yes, exactly. So our final question for you, our final short and sweet question, because I know that you have to go. Um, We have interviewed a lot of amazing people on the show and we've heard some amazing pieces of advice regarding like creativity and confidence and perseverance in your career. So what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? It could be career or just life advice. Probably stay true to yourself. Um, And I'm just going to elaborate on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when I first got here, I was like super green, like 17 17 years old, you know, from Mm -hmm. small city, Tennessee. Like Mm -hmm. I was definitely, you know, had traveled. I've learned a lot. So not in that regards, but more so just like understanding how things work, understanding how certain Mm -hmm. people work, understanding how the music business works. And, you know, oh, excuse me, not only staying true to yourself. I want to add this to what someone told me, (laughs) but... It's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. So yeah, both of those that's things. Because I was going to go yeah. into it while I was talking about that. Um, you know, and every, I was such a people pleaser. I still, to an extent, am, but not as much as I used to be. And mm-hmm. I just wanted everyone to be okay. I wanted everyone to always feel good. I wanted everyone to, like, you know, just be cool with each other. And that's mm-hmm. just not life. So especially <laughs> the music in there. It's like, so, it's like crazy like the music industry is so crazy um it's great I've learned a lot met a lot of amazing people but it's it's a lot and it can take a toll on you and I know I used to like let it tear me down and weigh on me so heavy um if something didn't go right or someone got mad Mm -hmm. at me about something and I just had to learn like everything's not perfect you're not perfect Mm -hmm. um you know you just gotta navigate accordingly understanding how people are and dealing with them accordingly and then Mm -hmm. as far as you know failure is okay like you have to fail you have to bump your head to be able to learn from those mistakes and move forward because if you don't what have you ever you know what are you learning not to do if you haven't fallen on the floor a couple times like you know the the biggest people in the world, the biggest business people in the world have had multiple companies fail, have had failures Mm -hmm. personally, have had failures in every facet of their life. And I think with social media, especially now than more now than ever in the last couple of years, you know, it almost makes you feel like no one has ever failed at anything. It makes you feel like everyone's life is perfect. Everyone's business is perfect. They've never caught any L's. It's like you only see the (laughs) glitz and glam. You don't see what it took to get Mm -hmm. there. You don't see when they were struggling. You don't see when they used their last $500 to invest in their business to get to where they are Mm -hmm. now. You only see that 
there's 22 and 23 year olds who are millionaires and you have other 21 year olds or 30 year olds thinking that their life is fucked because they're not a millionaire yet. (laughs) Yeah. So true. That's where I'm at right now. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm like, I'm listening to the advice and I'm like, I needed to hear that today. Anyway, I can help. Any insight I can bring. Those are all of our questions for the interview today. Thank you so much for talking with us. Yes, thank you. This was so fun. Yay. I'm so, I had fun too. You all are dope. I really like what you all are doing. Like I said at the beginning, um, any way I can give back or provide insight because it's fucking hard out here and it's confusing. Yeah, And so it's always great when you have people, like I'm saying, I don't know everything. I'm still a student of the game, but the things I do know Mm -hmm. that I can share or extend to the next young woman, like I'm here for Well, thank you so much. We'll let you go to the rest of your day and your meetings and everything. Thank you.